1: You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius
0: XM, Bite Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I welcome a pro wrestler who's crossed over into the mainstream to the show, and the rumors heat up once again about a certain wrestler's potential return to the business. You've seen him in Ring of Honor, but you also may have seen him on ABC's The Bachelorette. Kenny King joins us on Busted Open for the first time in almost seven years. CM Punk was once again the talk of the pro wrestling world yesterday as he was announced to be taking part in StarCast 3 in his hometown of Chicago during All Out Weekend. Is Punk one step closer to a return? And is AEW the place for him? All that right now. On the Busted Open Podcast. I mentioned about somebody making a return. And that return is CM Punk. And wait a second. Before people start saying, oh my God, CM Punk is coming back. He's stepping into a squared circle. Pump the brakes just a little bit. Whoa. As broken by Justin Barrasso at Sports Illustrated yesterday, as you know, StarCast has become a huge event with our good friend Conrad Thompson. And it's going to be another StarCast that's happening around all out on August 31st on Saturday. And CM Punk is going to be doing a meet and greet at StarCast. And he's also go- going to be doing a one on one interview. So, some-
1: which is as, as good as a main event match, just having a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the guy is very knowledgeable. I mean, his uh, wrestling, you know, lineage is really strong, and even uh, its almost like Steve uh, Punk is a, a cult. Ugh. He's like a character almost. Like, I mean, like this guy is no way that it, it happened for real. Like, he's a legend, and that—that that itself, the story of him leaving, is just as good as the story of his career. You know what, Mark? You make an excellent point, and I didn't even
0: think about it. And what you said is so true. And the fact that when it comes to CM Punk, and obviously he had a great career in the WWE. There's no doubt about it. Changed a lot. Changed the landscape in a lot of ways. He had one of the greatest promos of all time with that Pipe Bomb promo on Monday Night Raw. But as time has gone by it's almost he's become like this mythical figure. Like mm-hmm. the legend continues to grow. So he's probably bigger now than he's ever been. And if he ever made a return to a wrestling ring, that be would be, it would be fantastic. But it's always been that he is done with wrestling. He's put it in the rear view mirror. He had the ill-fated career in MMA. It's something that he dreamed about, wanted to do. He did it. Got it out of his system. What he's doing now, hes I know he's doing some commentating for, for an MMA organization. But when it came to pro wrestling, he said, kind of been there, done that. He had a really bad taste in his mouth. But now you're seeing him being a part of StarCast, doing a meet and greet with the fans, and then doing a one-on-one interview. Just saying, maybe this is a start of something more. Or maybe this weekend could rekindle a little fire. Where the fire burns in CM Punk.
1: You know what, as a fan, I would hope so. I pray that it does because it's so good for the business that we love so much. But just the excitement that Punk brings to the table. When he was announced, and that that article came out in Sports Illustrated yesterday, everybody assumed that it was going to be wrestling. And got super excited, right? Yep. What if, and it's a big what if, he gets there and just like you said, goes, I missed this. That would be awesome. And it would mean that we would benefit from it because we get to see him perform again. That would be awesome.
0: And CM Punk is the one name that just won't go away. Whenever we talk about CM Punk, we have fans that are, like, excited. And then we have the fans, like, stop talking about CM Punk. It's never going to happen. But it seems as we go further and further down the road, there's little hints that maybe it will happen one day.
1: What do you think, Mark? I, I, You know what, man? I don't know. Because where he is right now, he said that it's in his review. That, you know, it didn't love him back like he loved it. And I know what he means. I feel the same way about strongman and the same way about, you know, powerlifting. Olympic weightlifting is the only thing that I I feel like loves me back. And if he feels that way, the way that I feel, then I understand him getting away from it. And the other thing, too, when it comes to CM Punk, Mark, and I know age shouldn't
0: make that much of a difference, but he is 40 years old. He's been away from pro wrestling now what six years, five over over five years Look at Triple
1: now. Triple H, he's still in his, he still looks as good as he ever looked in the ring.
0: True, but you would probably have to agree, Mark, and maybe I'm wrong, that when you're away for five years, it's going to take a lot for you to get back into ring shape. I know he did the MMA, but, I mean, he's going to have to get himself back into ring shape if if he really did want to do it, and also, if he did want to do it, he's got to be 100% committed, and I would think that if he's kind of going back and forth and there's that unbalance in his mind, maybe it's just not smart to come back if you have even a little bit of doubt in your mind.
1: If you have doubt, then don't do it, because you're going to get hurt. It's not a question if you get hurt. Maybe that's, that's, that's kind of where I am, Dave. Like, I don't want to get hurt and also I want to have a good quality of life, but I want to be able to spend time with my kids and my family and and not feel like I'm a slave to the schedule Mm -hmm. because Punk is always going to be at the top. So that means that he's going to be the last one to leave the arena. He's going to be on the road for six days a week. He's going to be getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning doing all the radio. He's going to be doing the morning shows at 6, 6.30. And then get to the arena earlier because the show is based around you. So you got to do more. Like that whole doing more, doing more, expecting more. And knowing that we don't, in wrestling, we don't make the money that they make in NFL and NBA and Major League Baseball. So you have to be able to say, you know, deal with the whole money issue. Like, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it gets daunting. And you feel like, you know what, this is not a war that I want to fight. And he may just don't want to fight that war no more. Mark,
0: let me ask you something, because you obviously are retired. You're going to be at the Royal Reunion on Monday, and we're going to get into that a lot on the Fool's Count Anywhere Friday. That's right. But you retired. You stepped away from entering competition. You also do a lot of meet and greets, which is what CM Punk is going to be doing at Starcast. When you're around the fans, do you get a lot of fans that say to you, Come on, Mark, you got one more match in you? Come on, Mark. Don't say goodbye. It's it's time, you know, it's time to come back. We want you back. Yes. Do you do you you get that from fans?
1: I get it every day. Every, come on, man. You got a lot left in the tank. I was like, I wish i never said that. But I always tell them, do you see the look on my face right now? I didn't have this smile on my face when I was working 220, 250 days. I miss my kids. My kids were really, I mean, the promo that I cut at my retirement, my kids were crying when I left because they didn't know when they were going to see me again. Come on, man. thats That should be enough. But on top of that, you, you go out there and you give y'all and sometimes you get, I want more from you. It's like, damn, I'm giving a lot. I want more. And it seems like nothing is, you know, you get to the point to where you're at the arena and the stress builds up of topping what you did last week. That's what I started to fight too. Like this, this, this overwhelming feeling of I need to be by myself. I don't, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to nobody. I just want to think about what I have to do today mm-hmm. and get through this day. Like that's man, it's it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot, a lot of pressure. And I know I'm not the only one because when I go back and I'm around guys, they go, Oh my God, look how fresh! And relax, you feel. Look at you. You're beaming. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they like, yeah, man, I, I guess I'll get there one of these days. And that, That's the way the boys are. They're in a constant flux of being under high pressure to top themselves and to compete with all those other guys that's willing to throw their body on the line to get on TV. The landscape has changed, though. Even, the landscape has even changed in the last
0: couple of years since you stepped aside and said goodbye. Like, when it comes to CM Punk, obviously there's other options outside the WWE where the schedule might not be as tough, AEW probably being the biggest example. Plus, the other thing, too, with CM Punk, since he's been away for so long, I'm sure there's a huge payday waiting for somebody like CM Punk. As far as I know, CM Punk doesn't have kids. You know, He has a wife that is a former pro wrestler, knows the deal, knows the schedule. It's a little bit different, like your situation, the CM Punk situation. If you were CM Punk, and being the age of 40, healthy, the family situation that he has, knowing the love that the fans have for him, knowing that the landscape has changed, that he doesn't have to go back to the WWE where he was unhappy— Plus, the huge payday that would be waiting for him. If you were CM Punk, would you give it one more shot?
1: Okay, I'll, I'll take a million up front and I'll do a 750, 800 downside and let's go. Two years. That's it. You know, you get 40. If he gets to where after that two years is over and he wants to renew, great but you don't want to sign more than a 2-year deal because you can almost and 2 years you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you the pressure builds up too when you you know you have all that you have a long time and you know, you feel like you don't want to overstep your bounds, you know. I I mean, but it's 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 different, you know. Just gotta. If you're gonna draw money, you know how much money that there is out there. I mean, and wrestlers know. And if they feel like you know I'm not getting what I'm what I'm worth, I know what I'm bringing to the table marketing wise. Um, that becomes an issue too. So, um, in a state like his, you know, you can say you know you're the Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're you know the Rock. You know, just, you know, pay me a million and, you know, it's going to be worth it.
0: Let me ask you one more question. Let's just say AEW, he's going to be doing this meet and greet at StarCast around AEW, doing this one-on-one interview at StarCast around AEW. Let's just say it's AEW, and I'm sure AEW is interested. AEW has Chris Jericho. AEW has, you know, the former Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Does CM Punk instantly become the biggest star in that company if he goes to AEW, based on everything that's happened in the past?
1: Yes, he does. And is. you can market it that way. It's not just the individual. It's the presence that he brings and the following that he brings with him. People are going to buy tickets but just because they want to see him, they're going to have their fan base. And they have a good fan base. But they would bring in everybody from all brands to see him. And that's the difference. There's not many of those golden circle guys. and He's one of them. And he just wants the circle to get bigger. <laughs> he wants to be respected. Like, Look what I'm doing for the company. Like, acknowledge the fact that I'm doing this. Like that. Some people live like that. They they want the recognition, as well as the money.
0: And Mark, I I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. His problem was with the WWE. He didn't feel like he was getting the respect he deserved, even though he was champion. He was never in the main event. So I'm I'm right in saying it's it was more about the WWE than it was about pro wrestling. But he
1: wasn't being selfish either. He he said it was also the fact that people like Cole Cabana and the list of other guys that were working in the Indies, because they didn't look like uh, a Greek guy, they didn't look like mm-hmm. John Cena, they couldn't get a job? They couldn't? That guy can't work? You mean to tell me that you got uh, Ace Kelly on the roster and my, this guy right here that I know... And that I talk psychology with, he can't get a job. What's the deal? What's the deal? And and he won't, you know, some people want answers. You can't, I can't ask the question. It's kind of like, uh, I had a friend of mine that, you know, he's a, he's not a, he's not a Christian. He's, you know, he's, I don't know if you would say he's an atheist, but he was like, man, the Bible talks about fear that you should fear me. Like, why would God want you to fear him? And I was like, bro, that's a conversation you need to have with somebody way smarter than me. I was like, but there are people that question the ultimate. Mm-hmm. And when you question the ultimate, sometimes the, the, the ultimate is like, why are you asking me a question about something that's out of your realm of of, of abilities? Like, it's, I own it. Just do it. And you know what? Sometimes you do, and sometimes you say, well, I'm done with this. And he was done with it.
0: And now, being that, like, he didn't understand the philosophy of the WWE at that time, now you're talking about an organization like AEW, which is going to be, quote-unquote, competition to the WWE, where you can almost have, like, you know, the upper hand, so to speak, because you're going into another organization that's opposing the WWE. Now, I know that you don't want to call AEW competition. I know it's way too early to say that. But perception is reality here. This is if Punk did want to come back, he couldn't find a better situation to come back to than what's going on right now.
1: I don't think so. I think that this is tailor-made. It's like, here you go. You wanted a platform. You wanted equal footing with the marketing and the management and the ownership. Here's equal footing. You get to have a conversation, and not only do you have the conversation, you get the if you come up with with, with ideas and stuff, you get credit for those ideas. That you get you get paid more because you added more. You you get more time, and you, if you deserve to be in the main event, you deserve to be in the main event regardless of what else is going on. Sometimes you want to be put first. And all you got to do is, on Valentine's Day, watch all of the stuff that goes on around your house. Your wife, significant other, may not care about stuff. But on Valentine's Day, you got to put them first. That's the way it is in business. When you're at the top of the game, you want to be put first or at least have the option and the chance to be, to earn that spot. And if you can't in that place, then you got to go somewhere else, go to another company. And that's, that's kind of like, um, how i think that people feel it's not a definite um but it's just my opinion you know on the whole matter
0: yeah and when he left in 2014 completely different right now in 2019 mark
1: like what you're hearing catch busted open live weekdays from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the sirius xm app
0: Let's bring the man in right now. It's the great Kenny King. Kenny, how are you today?
2: Man, that was a great introduction. I appreciate that. How's it going?
0: We're excited to have you. And the first question, Mark didn't want me to ask you this question, but I got to ask you. First question off the bat. Why so long since you've been on the show? I went back and looked. You haven't been on the show in seven seven years since the last time yeah, you've been I, on Busted Open.
2: I think I was X Division champion. Uh, good morning, Mark. How's it going? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm just getting ready. The to most interesting
1: man up. in Las Vegas.
2: I I think now you might have uh, messed around and hit me with a new gimmick there. I kind of I kind of like that. I might have to to press into that a little bit because I feel kind of interesting. But to answer your question, Dave, I, you know I don't know. I, I think we saw each other. Where did we see each other?
0: Uh, at the at the Jericho Cruise.
2: That's where it was, we'd kind of made some plans to to come back on. So I'm glad that. Uh, I'm finally able to come back on bust it open because you guys have been doing a really good job.
0: Well, thanks, Kenny. And it is cool to have you on because, like Mark said, you are interesting because you have a lot of interesting stuff going on inside and outside the ring. And how's life right now in 2019?
2: Life is good, man. I can't really complain. Um, I mean, I could complain, but nobody listened anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just, I just signed a, a two year deal with Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, I think I, I'm really excited about the direction of the company. Um, you know, things things are just good. You know, I I, I got a, a, a well, actually not new, but uh, a wonderful new lady that uh, that's going to ensure that I stay off of all reality dating shows for <laughs> a couple of years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, told you, Dave. Going well. All right, that's all. you know what that you bring the, the significant other up. That's great. I'm happy for you. And yeah, you were on a couple of reality shows over the last few years and then now you found somebody and and that's that's awesome because there's nothing like finding that perfect partner in life and and how did how did you meet the young lady
2: uh i met her we had actually the story's funny because we talk about there's a, there's a verb called vegasing right when you uh it's, it's when you meet somebody and you might talk or text a little bit but you don't really ever go out or, or meet you just kind of fall by the wayside it's just kind of how vegas dating goes so we vegas each other uh, after the first time we met, and then I uh, actually went to Bachelor in Paradise, filmed it, and then we kind of reconnected maybe two or three days uh, after I came back from Bachelor in Paradise, and we've been together every day
1: since.
0: That's awesome. Wow.
1: I guess t- t- well, the way... What was the
0: thing that, yeah. that made
1: you go, listen, I'm going to call her tomorrow. I'm going to see her tomorrow. Well, uh, you know, it was just...
2: Uh, we just had a, it was a connection, you know what I mean? There was a spark. We had told when, when we met each other first, it was like, Oh, she's, uh, once she's damn near six feet tall, she's beautiful. And, uh, you know, there was that I was, I was interested in her from the beginning. Um, but we just couldn't connect. But the second time it was just like, uh, that spark continued. The conversation was good. And, uh, and it was one of those things that the story that we tell was, uh, like, so I met her on a Sunday and I'd asked her the first time I'd asked her to go to lunch on a Tuesday or something like that. Cause we met at this little, little lounge, blue martini lounge on a Sunday. And I'd asked her to go to lunch on a Tuesday and I was flying out to the UK, I think like that Wednesday. So we didn't, we didn't link up. And, uh, so again, when I met her again, I was like, you know, what are you doing Tuesday? And she kind of looked at me and we, we made plans. And then as the night went on, I was like, you know what? Bump Tuesday, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> And, Whoa. Uh, and that's kind of
0: how it went is it tough like being a pro wrestler being on the road like you are and and then finding somebody that's willing to put up with that type of schedule
2: um it's it's near impossible so it is it's i'm and mark will tell you when you find someone who not only just understands the traveling uh and and you know you being gone but understands the business and how the business can you know what how sometimes you take the business home and and uh you know just all the things about the wrestling business uh, we all know isn't your regular average business so uh someone who's willing to kind of take all those challenges and uh and oddities on and uh and still want to be with you is uh someone you can't pass up or me anyway
0: Kenny, let's get, in, let's get into Ring of Honor a little bit. Like you just said, and congratulations, you just signed a new two-year deal with the company. And you said you're really excited about the direction the company is going into. Explain that a little further, because obviously there's been a lot of change. A lot of wrestlers have left. Big-name wrestlers have left the company. You know, what's this like? I mean, you're coming out the big event from Madison Square Garden, sold out Madison Square Garden. What's next for Ring of Honor?
2: Well, you know, uh, I'll start I'll start with the negative, right? Because I've been through this a few times. Uh, this would be maybe the second or third time uh, that I've been with Ring of Honor that the quote-unquote, the sky is falling, right? Uh, the first time has been AJ and Joe left. I wasn't there for that, but I came in right after AJ and Joe left. And oh my God, AJ and Joe are gone. The company is going to crawl, crumble and fall apart. Didn't happen. Uh, again, when Nigel and Brian uh, left. Oh my God! Ring of Honor is going to be the same thing when you know when Roddy and Kevin and Adam Cole left. It happens periodically where you, it's just the, the name of it, the game. The, the business is such that talent will turn over, talent will get new opportunities. Um, but the thing about Ring of Honor, the core idea behind ring of honor is fantastic wrestling and fan enjoyment and that is where whenever the sky is falling the foundation is always that you will always go to a ring of honor show and see top quality wrestling you'll always see some of the best wrestlers in the world uh doing what they do best so what what, what i'm excited about is just the reload right every time that, you know the sky is falling the reload and that comeback has been so much you know it's been so much better. And if you look at some of the guys that we've got, you know, in the chamber, we reloaded with international stars like Bandito, a guy who is like Roosh, who's uh, one of the top stars in Mexico, Dragon Lee, his brother, uh, you know, the, some of the guys that are big, big names in the indie scene, like Brody King, PCO. Um, so, you know, these are names that aren't just being big in their 40 mile radius. These are guys that fly all over the world and have, have big followers. And now they're signed the ring of honor. So, uh, it's just a great uh, feeling to know that, yeah, you know, uh, I like to prove the naysayers wrong. I love to look at the ones that say the sky's falling and when we reload with, with a guy with with a bandito versus Shane Taylor or a Kenny King versus Dragon Lee, which we're going to have on Sunday, uh, then you see the wow. state of the company is just fine.
0: On Saturday, you're here in New York City. That's always kind of like, to me, like the, the Hammerstein ballroom is – almost like one of the flagship arenas for Ring of Honor. It's it's still one of those great uh venues for pro wrestling and you've had some great moments. What's it like for you coming back to New York tomorrow night?
2: Uh it's it's a I think uh it's kind of like you said like the Hammerstein uh, and like the ECW arena and maybe like the Frontier Fieldhouse in Chicago are like I think home court for Ring of Honor. Those are just places where uh, have have had, we've had amazing memories, amazing shows, uh, incredible moments have happened. So uh, to come back to the hammer scene after you know filling out Madison Square Garden, uh, it's it's a special feeling because it's like coming back home.
1: Those are arenas, you try to outdo yourself. You know? Absolutely, I'm I'm not gonna be upstaged by nobody. I don't care what they told me. I'm going out there and I'm stealing this shit. Like <laughs> I love the <laughs> arenas. Rosemont. I'm in New York City,
2: you know what I mean? So I can't let nobody come in and and show me up in my damn city. No,
1: what not in of, your house. What what like. Man, I'm, I'm going to call Jacob as soon as the show is over, and I'm going to say, hey, Kenny King is wrestling in New York. There, My family is in the city, so I'm going to see if they want to come by. Well, Mark, you know I got it.
0: Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, Mark, about you know Tomorrow Night and Kenny, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of friction with a couple of different people that Kenny has. With some of the roster of Ring of Honor. One is Red Titus, who is his longtime tag team partner. There's some friction there, and Kenny's not happy about Jay Lethal getting an opportunity at Matt Taven's Ring of Honor championship. So, I mean, as of right now, do you have a match for tomorrow night at Manhattan no, Mayhem?
2: Trying to get my blood pressure all boiled up so more early in the morning. You know what I I was out here He's doing my, band, my meditation. And here we go. Well, so let's get into it, right? Um, as far as Rett Titus is concerned, that's not anger. Uh, everybody's got that friend that, that you, you need to maybe smack him upside the head with a little bit of tough love. And uh, and Rett Titus is a phenomenal athlete. Red Titus is a phenomenal wrestler. Uh, but Brett Titus's head ain't right. Hasn't been right for quite some time. Um, the things that I said to Rett Titus on television last week, uh, they might've been rough. They might've been brutal. And, uh, and his wife certainly didn't, uh, didn't appreciate that. And I'm not quite a hundred percent sure that, that I didn't send his wife into labor with what I said, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um,
1: <laughs> but, but was it true? You know,
2: w- it's true. That's it. Whatever I said was true. She knows it. She knows it. And whatever, if I, if what I said is what it takes a red Titus to, to, to write the ship, and turn back into a championship wrestler that I know he can he can be, and so forth. You know, you you gotta what's his statement? You gotta break a few eggs and make an omelet. I wasn't necessarily worried about Rhett's feelings, as I am worried about the direction of Rhett's career. Now to go forward uh, as to uh, you know the business at hand. Look, man, I, I understand Jay Lethal's a franchise. I understand that he's Joe Coffey's boy. Everybody loves Jay Lethal, but the last time we saw Jay Lethal, he was staring up at the lights underneath Ken King. So why, oh why, does this dude get to leapfrog a guy who, one, beat him, two, outlasted 30 other dudes in Madison Square Garden in the Honor Rumble to win it? Where's my shot? So that also, not only does that make me mad at Jay Lee, so that makes me mad at Ring of Honor Management, and it also kind of pisses me off at Matt Taven. Because I've been a real nice, a real gentleman to Matt Taven as far as, you know, letting him be champ, letting him have his space. But he oh, I
1: love that. I let you be champion. I'm letting him be a champ. He's, he's
2: my homeboy. I'm, I'm glad that he achieved his dream, but he knew he always knew I was gonna come knocking on that door. But now all of a sudden, he when when I knock, when I call, Matt wants to pretend like he's not home. So somebody's gonna have to kick that door so in. So you
1: are Apollo Creed now you Rocky. I'm gonna help you with this, but you gonna <laughs> well, owe me a know, favor. He he
2: he owes. Me, I don't think he owes me a favor, but uh, I think the longevity of his title reign is certainly due to the fact that I haven't been focused on him. You can, call
1: it, you can
0: call that what you want. Man. Kenny, let me ask you something. When it comes to Jay Lethal, and you said that he had the, uh, you know, he lost the title at the Garden, Matt Taven, your champion. He's had opportunities. Now maybe it's time for other people to have opportunities, like you said, yourself. Would you – I always said that Jay Lethal was the the quote-unquote face of Ring of Honor based on the history, what, he've, what he's done with that company. Is, there, is that a fair assessment of Jay Lethal?
2: I think that's a, a super fair assessment of Jay Lethal. Uh, Jay Lethal, uh, my personal feelings and, and professional feelings aside, is uh, is the type of guy that you want to build a company around. Dude's integrity second to none, well-respected uh, around the world. Is a guy that is going to go out there and wrestle uh, his heart out night in and night out. So, yeah, that's great to be the face. But when you have a guy like Kenny King who is legitimately the face, whose face you can see on on ABC, uh, on, on all of these worldwide platforms, on top of the fact that I'm skilled, on top of the fact that I'm great looking, on top of the fact that I've got all these things and you continuously overlook me for an old face, well, you know what I mean? then that's why I felt like I had to put my size 13 boot on the face of Jay Lethal, which is now the face, which is the face of Ring of Honor. Hopefully, somebody's gonna notice.
1: Wow, that let that be said. I mean, that's that's how you do it, Dave. That is how you do it. Well, no, no, no hard feelings, but the truth is the truth. You you mentioned ABC, and and when I was in Vegas and and we spent a little time together, uh, the first time I came out there for the cauliflower alley uh, dinner and um uh, then the next time I came out for the um the autograph sign in that I did at starcast we we sat and talked we we broke bread and uh you told me that you were you were doing the entertainment section of the news on and that's that that's at ABC
2: yes that's uh, an nbc station but it's a sinclair station but it's an nbc so abc nbc uh you know and there's that's the thing about this uh, the whole Bachelorette thing has opened up so much different avenues and so while I am even you know still interested in wrestling while before the movie contracts and the endorsement deals come in you know I, I feel like while, while I'm still here I'm, I'm gonna take it all over because sooner or later they're gonna come get me they're gonna come whisk me away you know you know how these endorsement deals go mark so mm-hmm. sooner or later they're gonna come, to, come come steal me away and then y'all are gonna wish. Man, we'd, we'd appreciate Kenny King while we had to, the ability to watch him and all of his, his graciousness and majesty in the ring. Y'all going to miss me when I'm gone, trust.
0: Well, we're, we're, you're, you're not gone yet. Just take it no, easy. No, I can't go
2: nowhere yet. Uh, yeah,
0: you just signed a two-year deal with Ring of Honor. You're not going anywhere at least the next two years. I'm just. It's just the future.
2: <laughs> all right. I'm always focused on the future.
0: All right, right. Let's well, let's talk about the future. And you say you're focused on the future. I mean, you've had a great career. You know, former TV champion, former tag champion, champion, former X Division champion, but you've never been uh, a world heavyweight champion. It, do you think that's because of lack of opportunity that you haven't been a world champion yet?
2: Uh, there's there, there's a certain uh, uh, a a bit of that that's lack of opportunity. Uh, I never even got, I don't think, an, an opportunity to wrestle for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship in three or four years. I held the X Division Championship twice. You would think that would have given me, you know, a a, a ticket to challenge, mm-hmm. having challenged uh, the I've golden challenged, ticket. The golden ticket, if you will, Mister Henry. Uh, I've only challenged for the Ring of Honor World Championship twice in seven years. Wow! So you know, it's it's it, 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 you you could crack a bitch and complain and, and and say, oh, this and that, but the but the the proof is right there. I've held championship after championship, and the opportunities have been there. Now, mind you, I have stood alongside many a world champion. I stood alongside Austin Aries when he was Ring of Honor world champion. I stood alongside Bobby Lashley when he was TNA world champion. So, my help, my and my uh, my influence has, has has been all around. My fingerprints are all around world championships. But, given the opportunity, you'll see what I can do.
0: I'm not worried, and and I'm really looking forward to to seeing you this weekend. How are you going to get involved in Manhattan Mayhem? Like I said, I don't think you have a scheduled match. How are you going to get involved?
2: I, well, geez, Dave, if I told you that, then I might as well just you know I might as well write it on Twitter, right? <laughs> I
1: might posting on Twitter. Okay. My my question is how how do we reach the powers that be and say, listen, we want to see Kenny King be champion and the only way that that's going to happen is if he has a championship match like make it happen you know what i'm
0: tweeting right now i want i want i want a championship match for kenny king here's here's what
2: here's the thing guys i got one in my back pocket right this is why i'm so mad it wouldn't be it's not like i haven't earned one i got one i got but the damn, that's what i'm the saying That you earned it around. i earned it when so is it going to happen saying, Somebody's playing games, Mark. This is this is all I'm trying to say. I'm oh not like Matt Taves, where I want to complain about a conspiracy. But somebody's playing games. I got my. Is, shot. is Matt
1: I, dodging I, I you? Is he telling the the Mark the the, the promoters like, look, I, I don't want to wrestle him.
2: Listen, I don't, I can't speak for that. But here's what I'll tell you: Is Mark. it Joe Coff? Do
0: it. I have to have a conversation with Joe Coff? Is that son of a bitch getting in the way of you getting a championship I, opportunity? I, I used to, see, so you can say that because he don't sign your checks, right? So, so you go up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I used to be able to get, pick up the phone, call Matt Taven, text Matt Taven to get one back. I got to go through Vinny. I got to go through TK to get a hold of Matt Taven. Oh, I'm
1: about Oh, he's ghosting Taven on
2: you. Yeah, I'm about to do Matt Taven the way 50 Cent does these dudes on Instagram and put his ass on blast and embarrass him, and maybe he'll call me back. Do that. Do, that. do I'm that. Do you know? I want to see that. I all I want is what's fair, Mark. All I want is what's mine. You know, I want to well, be think, like Jay Lethal. I want to be uh, uh, one of one of the few Black heavyweight champions in history. Shout out to Jay Lethal for that, because you know everybody. All we all held King, King Kofi, but people don't give enough credit to Jay Lethal. Jay truly. Lethal was holding down. They don't. They don't
1: give enough credit. At the same time,
2: so they have I, I, pointed I that
1: out. Props. Thanks,
2: in between whipping Jay Lethal's ass, I give him his props.
1: I mean, yeah. you're right.
0: I, I, w- I would say if there's one wrestler right now in the world of pro wrestling that's underappreciated, it would be Jay Lethal. For what that man's been able to accomplish, and again, as a world champion, he's been in the studio, and I've told him to his face, like I think he's underappreciated. It, you know, if when we're talking about the best pro wrestlers in the world right now, Jay Lethal has to be in that conversation.
2: Well, the thing about Jay is that he's so good that people just expect him to be. And so nobody's amazed when he is great, right? So that that's the gifts and the curse of being Jay Lethal is that he's great but nobody, because but, people sort of expect it. Well, I'll do you one better. If Jay Lethal's so damn great and I just beat him two matches to one, what does that make me?
1: Ooh, hey, listen, we got a guy that that is on our page that follows us heavily. His name is Rodney Garza. Mm-hmm. Get Rodney Garza to make a... a challenge for you against
0: Matt Taven right now for the championship
1: and and just he'll blow it up I mean he makes these awesome things man like you gotta you gotta reach out to this guy no this
0: is I'm now you know what this is we're gonna make this our chore now Mark we're gonna have this go viral we want Kenny King to go up against Matt Taven now listen Joe Koff may not want it you know what it's what the people want. It's what the fans well, want. The Kerry Silken may not. You know what? It's what the fans want. It's what the people want, and the people want Kenny King against Matt Taven for the Ring of Honor Championship.
2: You've got one of the probably one of the top-rated wrestling team shows of all time on the radio right now, telling you what the people want. Joe, off. I hope you listen.
1: We it know he Kenny, listens, Kenny. We we had a um, you know a while back. We did a uh, top ten. African American wrestlers of all time, and I had to rock first. And Dave, you got you—you you got the list. I had to rock first. Jim Mitchell, who I don't know if you know who Jim Mitchell is, and I his... don't.
2: But I got—I got to get my study on
1: now. Okay, now I'm—I'll I'm, send you the, his book. And I Kenny King at eleven. He just made—he just missed the top ten. Kenny King, King was eleven. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take him. it. <laughs> <laughs> but Booker uh, said that. I was wrong for not having uh, J.Y.D. in my top 10, which I did say on the show the next day that I should move Bearcat Wright to 11, which would have bumped you down to 12, (laughs) and and put Junkyard Dog at 9. And he also disagreed with me having Carlos Colon on because he said... Carlos Colon is Puerto Rican. And that's like, he is a black man. Like,
2: Yeah, I mean, there are such things as Afro-Caribbean. That's that's a real thing.
1: But see, my my point was... Sammy
2: Sosa used to be one.
1: (laughs) Used to be. Used to be. (laughs) The the Dominican, he's the same color as as poultry now, raw poultry now.
2: Well, you Um, know, uh, I think he used that. uh, I I saw something about, you know how Playboy Buddy Rose had blow-away? And the, and the weight will blow away. I think this is a is pigment thing where you can just rub it on your pigment, and, and it'll just blow away. <laughs> Sammy Sosa might be uh, the, the inventor. Sammy of that.
1: Sosa, bless his, heart. God bless, <laughs> bless his heart. Bless his <laughs> soul, a heart. He didn't like being black. He changed it. He's, he's, why is this coffee cup I'm drinking out of? This and boy? you know uh, what? If Mark? They
2: say you don't like something changes. So I guess you know, I, I didn't know you could do that. But
0: I didn't God know you could Sammy do it either. <laughs> And here's nah. the thing, Mark, you really dipped into history, you know, like Luther Lindsay, Sailor R. Thomas. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans only look at like the golden era of pro wrestling. They look at right. the 70s and 80s, you know, and they don't go really back to the foundation because obviously those African-American wrestlers had a hell of a lot difficult, more. the, the job was more difficult back then than it is now. Imagine, imagine what it was, Man. you know, 60, 70, 75 years ago.
1: And you can't go in a restaurant. You can't go in a hotel. You can't drink out of the same water fountain. And you're traveling the world, wrestling all over. And the only respect you get is in the ring. You're not treated equally as a man. And then you have somebody like um, uh, Luther Lindsay who had to go to Canada. Like, people would would leave because the rights... And the treatment that they got was so bad in America that they said, "I just have to leave the country." How horrible is that? So
2: I mean, um, it's 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 the story that you you know that we hear we hear when it comes to you know Jackie Robinson saying that we hear the you know that sort of we don't think about those things when we talk, we'll think about JYD and uh, and, and Ron and, and Bobo and those things. You know, we don't think about those guys having to, to, to really, really, really overcome that kind of stuff.
1: But you have to you go by the timeline. And the timeline goes back, Jim Mitchell was the original guy that broke the color barrier. Like everybody says that it was Bobo Brazil. And Bobo Brazil was right there at the end of it. Maybe eight Eight to, eight to ten years after Jim Mitchell, but Jim Mitchell was the one that, that really fought those wars. He's the mm-hmm. one that uh, wrestled Gorgeous George in the Coliseum in Los Angeles, and there were no black wrestlers wrestling white wrestlers during that time. None. Only him. He traveled all over the world. He's got to be number two. The only reason I put the rock in front of him, because originally I told Dave that I had The rock at number two. And he said, what? I said, yeah, I put the rock number two. And he said, well, um, I can see what Jim Mitchell's being the Jackie Robinson of, uh, of, of, of wrestling, but The Rock is, you know, he was able to, you know, transcend not just wrestling, but, you know, the world. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the,
2: the the barriers that he broke uh, may not ever be broken again.
1: But... Not only for black wrestlers, but for white wrestlers and anybody else. The mm-hmm. Rock has set a standard that's beyond entertainment. He is out of, off earth. He's not even on this planet. So I had to put that- him first. He took and, that
2: standard that we that Hulk Hogan had as far as like he transcended entertainment. When I was a kid, you know Hulk Hogan kind yes, of transcended, he did. and he was there. And, and Hulk Hogan was that actually became a real life superhero. But The Rock has even taken that baton and, and gone to the street. Yeah, he's
0: probably it. the most recognizable star in 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 the world right now. Like I, I, I and the people can recognize Lady Gugu, and and she's great. Gaga. Love Lady, love Lady Gugu. <laughs> But, but The Rock is the
1: most recognizable superstar in the world. On the planet. Yes. And you don't have to even have a television to know who he is. Do Dave, does that mean? mean
2: that you are not coming with me to this Lady Gaga show? Oh is, lady? It, oh,
0: it's oh, is it Lady Gaga? Is it Guga? <laughs> Gaga. Is that what that
2: means, Dave? Not, this, this other ticket ain't, uh, I, I shouldn't save this other ticket for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll go just to hang out with Kenny King, hang out with the King. All right you know right. the king. but the king listen i'm 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 i'd love for you to listen to the show next week i'm i'm going to ask booker to come on and discuss this with us because i want to enlighten him on who jim mitchell was as well as i was not throwing shade at jyd i made some some concessions and some adjustments to my list my list went 50 I did the top 50 African-American wrestlers in history. And I just limited to 10 because we only have a three hours in the show. Yeah, it's three hours. Right, show. Right. We're, yeah. we're thinking of going with the 11-hour show, but at the last minute we decided
0: just to keep it to yeah, the 3 hours. Yeah, just keep show. it three hours. Yeah.
1: So, like, it's it's a lot to be said. And uh, as far as Carlos Colon being, uh, not being black is wrong because – Puerto Rico is the place where they live. They're Puerto mm-hmm. Rican. They're, they're, they're That's not, being Puerto Rican is not really a thing. They're uh, Spanish and black mm-hmm. African people. Mixed. Absolutely. And the same thing with Dominican Republic. You're not Dominican. You're of Dominican descent because you come from that island. But... You are African-Spanish.
2: How can you share an entire island with black people and not be mixed with black people?
1: <laughs> I, I just right. don't understand it. And and those islands were touched first when <laughs> right. Africans came from Africa to North America. Like, we, we would do a history thing, but this is not a history show. And, and I, I have... I can call the African-American Museum and the National mm-hmm. uh, Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, Tennessee, and get... Dr. Nicole on, and she'll she'll be able to explain that a lot better than me. Firepower. Yeah, I'll use it. She actually came on the show before. Like this is one of the most uh, incredible historians of African American history in the world. And she came on the show and enlightened us. And, and I think
0: the show's still available on the SiriusXM app for people that want to listen. They can go to the SiriusXM app and still listen to that show, Mark.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sirius is over. I wish I was as over as Sirius.
0: Yeah, I, I, now, Alex Metz, our producer, is asking us to wrap up the interview. I can tell, Kenny, that you have other things going on. You have a daughter and... You're, you're probably really, really busy and you got to fly. So we got to let you go. I, I, I could talk to you for another hour, but I know you're busy. You're going to be here in Manhattan in less than 24 hours. So have a great show. Have a great weekend. And thanks so much for the time.
2: Listen, I, I really appreciate you guys having me back on. This is always uh, it's such a great time. Uh, this is just. It's one of my favorite things that I get to do. So, anytime, you know, let's not make another seven years.
0: Um, well, that's, so that's on, that's on you. you. That's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was calling Ring of Honor saying, can I get King on there? Like, Matt Taven's not available. I said, not that King, Kenny King. You and then no know, call back, no call back, no call back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Anyways. Put him over, Dave. <laughs> Put him okay. over in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, thanks so much for the time, man.
2: Thank you, guys. Great talking to you.
0: Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.